Hi, I'm Stefania Van Dyke, Senior Interpretive Specialist at the Denver Art Museum. For the exhibition Claude Monet, The Truth of Nature, we created a conversational audio tour in which the exhibition's co-curators, director Christoph Heinrich and chief curator Angelica Danio, talk about Monet and his work. We also interviewed five non-art experts to offer unique perspectives that could help visitors look at Monet's paintings in a new way. In this series of podcasts, we expand on those conversations. Here, I talk with Mike Kerwin about Monet's paintings of the rocky northern coasts of France. I'm Mike Kerwin. I am a professor of geology at the University of Denver. I am the director of our environmental science program, and I do research on drought and climate change and very recent precipitation changes in the southwestern U.S. and South Africa, talking about timeframes of 100 to 500-year changes in rainfall. In Claude Monet, The Truth of Nature, we're trying to get at you know, his relationship to nature and what he was trying to achieve. When you look at the paintings in the section called Sky, Sea, and Rocks, what do you see? What I see when I look at the whole collection is someone who, to me, is deliberately trying to show the viewer all aspects of this coastline. That's what I've really started to notice. At first, when I was looking at some of the prints that he did, they were very dark, and they almost had an ominous tone to them. And I was saying that in some ways that would be hard to do at this coastline because the geology, I use the word cheerful. It's really a white chalk rock that when you get there on a sunny day, it's a very wet part of the world, and so the vegetation is always green and quite rich with wildflowers, colorful wildflowers, and this very white rock. But as I look at the entire collection, there are definitely cheerful and bright and colorful paintings that I think are quite remarkable because you would have to get up close to these rocks to see like there's some mineralization that can take place where you can actually get a slight green hue on the white chalk cliffs. And I think in some cases, you can see that being pulled out. It's interesting that you say you would have to get up close to see those features because when you look at the paintings, Monet's looking from different perspectives. In some instances, he's not so close. He's kind of looking from far back. You can actually see the beautiful green and reds and yellows of the vegetation and the cliff, and some of them pulled back. I just began to wonder if he was trying to showcase all aspects of this coastline in terms of time of day, in terms of weather, and in terms of sort of the ferociousness of the water. In one or two of these, the water, the ocean, looks like a place that you would not want to be. It looks very stormy. At other times, the scene is dark, but you can tell that it is dark only because evening is coming, and it's really quite placid. And really, the weather is not going to change that much from the, the two places that I'm seeing here, but the cliffs will. The topography of the shoreline will be a little bit more dramatic, and I think you can see that in some of the paintings that have, I think, scenes that visitors to that part of France would recognize some of the cliffs and the pinnacles that you can see. 
Speaking of the cliffs, in terms of the Normandy landscape, there are very distinctive formations there, like the Needle. Tell me about those. It's all a type of rock that's called chalk, and it's a sedimentary rock that in this part of the world formed, they think, about 70 million years ago. These are marine sediments. And I think a lot of people think of chalk as something that is very easily eroded. If you've ever taken the train now from London to Paris, uh, I think they call it the channel. That was drilled out of the rocks that are being represented here. It's the exact same rocks that the channel was bored through. And so I think it's stronger than a lot of people would think, and therefore it's resistant to erosion to some extent. And that's why in certain places you get the beautiful cliffs and the eroding pinnacles and even archways that can develop. Keep in mind, these are the exact same rocks that are on the other side with the cliffs of Dover, which they just look, I think, a little more flat in a way because they don't quite have the same erosion pattern where you do get the pinnacles and the arches that you would see. What fascinates you personally about these types of rock formations and coastlines? What fascinates me about any coastline where you are lucky enough to have cliffs and some sort of erosional feature like arches or pinnacles is just the beauty and the power of nature. As a geologist, it's always fun to sort of think about the length of time that it takes to create rocks, first of all, and then to re-expose rocks or to, in this case, uplift these rocks and place them in contact with the water. But more than that, for me personally, just visiting coastlines as someone who grew up in Denver but has been lucky enough to do a fair amount of climate and drought research all throughout Spain and France and later Australia and now in South Africa and originally in the West Coast of the United States. I think I've always just been fascinated by coastlines and can very quickly become sort of inspired and at peace when I'm at a coastline. And I appreciate looking at these paintings and being given an opportunity to spend not only a full winter, spring, summer, fall with Monet as he depicts what it is that he wants to show us, but I almost feel like I can be transformed into what he's feeling. And I think that the feelings represent any human being who has sat at a coastline and felt warm and safe or who have felt a little bit scared, you know, as a storm approaches or as you're cold from the rainfall or the spray of the water. I think that that's my own personal experience of this coastline and coastlines in general. In a letter Monet wrote from an island off the coast of Brittany, he said, No doubt you've seen the darkly painted pictures of Brittany, but the reality is quite different, as all that is most beautiful in tone and the sea here today set against the leaden sky was so green that I was quite unable to express its intensity. He's almost saying what you said, Mike, like my paintings don't necessarily look exactly like you experienced them. 
It's kind of interesting how he noticed. I think so. And I think that's the biggest clue as to what he was truly trying to capture with these series of paintings, in that he describes maybe how easy it would be to capture this coastline in a dark, ominous way. And that is certainly the case in several of the paintings that we're looking at. But maybe the genius is trying to convey to people who have an impression of these white cliffs and these pinnacles and this ocean that honestly often looks sort of steel gray. If you've been there, it does take some very fortunate light to capture some of the tranquil feelings that I think some of these paintings show. And that, in addition to the way that the rocks, which are white, it's really remarkable that these are white rocks, and yet from painting to painting, sometimes they look gray, even black. Other times I see texture almost equivalent to like the pink of a ponderosa pine tree in Colorado with some red and pink and white mixed in. Other times you get the midsummer day where you've got the light yellows and greens. And so that is totally amazing as a geologist who views these cliffs as a white chalk to be able to use the sunlight and use the mineral staining to make them almost anything but white is really pretty special and I think relates to that quote. Since you mentioned the sea, Monet had this love-hate relationship with the sea. There's another great quote where he says, quote, I was hard at work beneath the cliff, well sheltered from the wind, convinced that the tide was drawing out. I took no notice of the waves which came and fell a few feet away from me. In short, absorbed as I was, I didn't see the huge wave coming. It threw me against the cliff, and I was tossed about in its wake along with all my materials. My immediate thought was that I was done for as the water dragged me down. But in the end, I managed to clamber out on all fours, but Lord, what a state I was in. My boots, my thick stockings, and my coat were soaked through. The pallet, which I had kept a grip on, had been knocked over. My face and my beard was covered in blue, yellow. I think this quote captures the ferociousness of the sea. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship between the rocks and the sea? Yeah, and wow, what a quote to be so caught up in your work that whether it's a winter day with a storm capable of providing huge waves that truly would knock you off your feet, or whether it's a tranquil summer evening with some sort of a rogue wave, maybe we don't know. But it is very clear from that that he is in a place of peace and happiness doing his work. And I think any of us who have ever spent time at a coastal setting, when we have really felt a connection to nature, whether it's the rocks or the ocean or even just the air, I think all of us could imagine being sort of in a tranquil state and then for some reason being being hit by water. I think in this particular case, I'm imagining kind of a stormy setting because I don't think you could be hit by water on one of those tranquil summer nights in July or August that I'm talking about. The waves just don't act that way. But in the wintertime when it's quite stormy, 
you would be in a setting where it would be very loud, but it would be loud in a way that would be peaceful and repetitive. And if you're engrossed in your work, I could definitely see you being distracted and all of a sudden a wave that is slightly bigger than the other washing ashore and taking you out. This is a coastline that is rugged. The water is rough. The waves are high. They crash against the rock with quite a bit of wave energy and noise. And I think, too, the really interesting thing that everybody viewing this exhibit should do is think back to the time when these paintings were being created. It was at the very, very end of a multi-century climate anomaly in Europe that we call the Little Ice Age. And this Little Ice Age was not a big climate event in any way globally. And even in the Northern Hemisphere, it was really only a significant event in Europe. The research shows that a number of volcanic eruptions beginning around 1300 AD caused some significant but short-term cooling in the Northern Hemisphere. And what that did is it expanded the sea ice just to the north of where these paintings were being done. And that sea ice expansion caused a cooling, a multi-century cooling that would have made the summers in Europe much cooler and much darker and much less tranquil and calm and peaceful. And by the time Monet was doing his paintings, this Little Ice Age was mostly all done. But there is some evidence that all the way up to the year 1870, that this coastline would have had far different summers back then than we see now, much colder, much more stormy. And there was a volcanic eruption actually in 1815, Mount Tambora, that caused the year without a summer. Another short-term cooling that sort of would have enhanced this last bit of very difficult summer weather conditions that Monet and other painters of this time period would have experienced. I think it's important to go back in time and realize that the weather and climate conditions when these paintings were constructed are absolutely not the same as they are now. Before we move on, I want to go back to the paintings of the Brittany Coast. These pictures are really dark. The words Monet used for that area are sinister and tragic, but also superb. He was fascinated by the landscape, but also used the word diabolical. How would you describe these places? In looking at these paintings of Brittany, I can't think of a better combination of words than sinister, tragic, diabolical. This is a place I don't want to visit from these paintings. Monet also said, to paint the sea really well, you need to look at it every hour of every day in the same place so that you can understand its ways in that particular spot. And this is why I am working on the same motifs over and over again, four or six times even. I think we can see that. To see someone who is saying that he would sit in the same spot morning, midday, evening, and even you can see some of these in a storm, some of them not in a storm, some of them in the wintertime, others clearly in, in summer, and maybe even a transition season. I think that that is evident to anyone who views these paintings is that this is someone who saw subtle differences in this landscape. 
And I think maybe it speaks to how anyone who's moved to a new location, you get a sense of what that location is like. If you move somewhere in the summertime, you understand what it is like with summer temperature. If you're lucky enough to be in a place that has natural vegetation, you can see what the plants and the flowers might look like in the summer. But truly, you don't understand a place until you've gone through all of the different seasons. And as a painter like Monet, where I imagine light is so important at capturing whatever expression he's trying to convey, he would need to almost be sitting on the rocks where he described getting hit by a wave engrossed in his work. He would need to be there almost every single day. And I think that we are lucky enough to see someone who has the ability to convey the different seasons, the different combination of stormy water, calm water, clouds that are shimmering with a sunset versus clouds that are just so steel gray and angry that you feel frigid and cold. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up? The only other thing I was thinking for local Denver people is the maroon bells in Aspen are a place, right, or mountains specifically that I think have been photographed and painted. And so we all have an image of the maroon bells. I think that if Monet were to have had the opportunity to duplicate what he's trying to do here with the maroon bells, I bet you anything we would see those rocks, which are almost always duplicated as red. They're a 300 million year old, very coarse grained red sandstone. And I bet he would show us all sorts of grays and yellows and blues and things that are in the rocks, but things that us Colorado people maybe have never seen. I wouldn't have thought to make a connection between Monet's paintings and the landscapes of Colorado. What an interesting insight. This painting here, the rock needle, for anyone in Colorado who's ever hiked through the Ponderosa Pine Forest in Evergreen or anyone who's been on the Colorado Plateau or the Muggy and Rim in the southwest U.S. where the Ponderosa pine trees are the dominant tree. This looks exactly like a fire scar that you would see in the bark of a Ponderosa pine tree. It's totally remarkable. The first time I looked at this, it was like, is that a tree? And of course it's not. It's the cliff, and he does show the white rock in there. But the way that he creates the texture with sort of the dark red and gray and black, and it almost has a pattern that honestly looks identical to a fire scar in a ponderosa pine tree. And, and fire scars are common because in ponderosa pine woodlands, you would naturally get a, a small wildfire about every 10 to 20 years. So the trees would survive, but they would have a scar that goes up in sort of a vertical pattern like that. Thanks for joining us, Mike, and offering such an interesting perspective on Monet's work. Thank you for listening to Beyond Monet. Claude Monet, The Truth of Nature is on view at the Denver Art Museum through February 2nd, 2020. For information about this exhibition, visit www.denverartmuseum.org. Music was generously provided by the Denver Philharmonic Orchestra. This podcast was produced by Postmodern Company in Denver, Colorado please check out the other episodes in this series. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe.